G'day guys, welcome back to another episode of Critters and Stuff. Well, I think that's the first time I've actually said the name of the podcast. Ooh. <laughs> um, Probably. So this is, uh, we're currently recording this on December the 2nd. Uh, this is set to come out on the 1st of January, 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope you've all had a Yay. great Christmas. Uh, we will have to do a show that will come out probably in January or Feb, all about our month in between when we're recording this and when it's coming out as well. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a bit of a hectic time for everybody. Um, so, yeah, we hope everybody has has had a great uh, Christmas and New Year's and is not waking up with too many headaches, uh, considering it would be the first this comes out on. I think something like that. Um, so what we're going to do today is, I suppose, a, a bit of a, a Christmas special plus a, uh, it's a Christmas special all about books because I am a book addict. Um, as, yes, you would, as you would know, if you listen to uh, the Australian Herpetoculture podcast episode that I did with Luke and Jason, uh, where I had to give my top five, I realized very quickly that that was um, probably too little an amount of books compared to what I actually have. So I honestly can't count how many there are behind me here. Um, But Dane's going to lead the discussion here about the books. And I'm just going to talk about the books basically. So uh, I'll pass it over to Danio. Go on, mate. Give us, give us your rundown. Okay. Josh being the book fanatic he is, he will have a book uh, basically on anything you ask him in regards to reptiles. So, Josh, tell us, firstly, the first book you got that was reptile Oh, that's a good question, actually. I, To be honest, I can't tell you, but I can tell you some of the first ones that I got. Maybe not the first one. Um, very early on, I got... Um, there's a, a series of very small, thin like keeping and husbandry of different Australian snakes. Uh, there's a children's python one and a carp python one that uh, Adam Sapiano used to sell at Victorian Reptiles. Um, so yep. I got some of those and like old scales and tails magazines and that sort of thing fairly early on. Um, as far as like more substantial books, I think the um, is it the Steve Parrish series, I believe was one that I got into fairly quickly and the uh, Wilson and Swan uh, Complete Guide to Reptiles of Australia. I think it's the fifth edition is the main one that I've got here. That was another fairly recent, or actually, no, not fairly recent, fairly old one that I got. Um, another one that I've had for a long time and I've only just finished reading was Venom, which we'll come back to later on. That's one of my all-time favourite books. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But, yeah, I think that's basically I started off with husbandry books because that's what I needed at the time. Um, and it sort of spread from there to everything from husbandry to field guides to sort of a miscellaneous hodgepodge to, you know, stories and biographies and that sort of thing as well. Yeah, okay. So um, what draw draws you to books more so than the typical Google search and, you know, cross forms and that, do you find you learn more from books or do you just like having the physical uh, reference? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a bit of both, to be honest. Um, I've always been a bit of a, a bookworm in that sense since I was very, very young. 
uh, the parents were basically reading books to me all day long before I could talk. So um, I've been very entrenched in the, the reading frame of mind for a very long time, particularly with things that I'm actually keen on. That always makes it easier to uh, turn something into a quite the page turner. Um, but I really enjoy being able to go to my bookshelf and grab out something and check something if I don't know about something um, and having that in hand. Um, that's another reason why one thing that I did mention on the Aussie Herpetoculture podcast was this booklet that I've put together for Murray Darling Carpet Python Papers. Um, I'm much rather having hard copies of things because I know where I can find them and it's all collated together rather than having, you know, having to search up things. Um, I also find, tend to find that the people that write books and that have like successful books that have done well, generally speaking, are fairly onto the money with what they're talking about. Yep. Um, so generally speaking, you've got a pretty good resource if it's that kind of a book or a fairly interesting read if it's a different sort of story, I suppose. Okay, so it's just more of a uh, more solid yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Advice, yeah, more trustworthy in a sense. Yeah, I think there's a there's an element of credibility to having something yeah, published. That's the word, yeah. Um, I think, uh, but obviously that depends on who you're reading and who the author is and that sort of thing as well. So you've always got to fact check and cross check things anyway. But um, I do thoroughly enjoy having a good flick through a book. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, what would you say would be your favorite book out of the ones you currently have like is there one you continuously go back to to reference or you flip through for the pictures or yeah um well there's one that i've only in all honesty only read once but the way that it's put together is just fantastic and i know i raved about this one on that podcast as well um brendan james murray's venom um he put together a few years ago now is just a fantastic read um, having met Brendan myself and had a chat to him about this book, um, it's just, oh, I honestly, it's one of my favorites. Um, so the, the premise of the story or the book is about um, the search for coastal taipans and antivenom uh, in the 50s, I believe it is. Um, okay. And sort of as a, a juxtaposition or a comparison story, you've also got um, what's happening with Indigenous people where the coastal taipans are found. Um, and it follows yep. the story of uh, jo George Rosendale and his experiences with a taipan bite, surviving the bite, being one of the only people to survive the bite without antivenom prior to antivenom being produced. Um, and his experiences with issues around um, Indigenous rights and that sort of thing during that time. Plus, you've got the Australian Herpetological Society or the start thereof, um, and the story of Kevin Budden, who unfortunately did pass away from a coastal taipan bite. He was one of the first, one of, if not the first person to catch one successfully. Um, and it was then milked for some of its uh, venom. Um, so that's the crux of the story. It is a fantastic read. Um, there's plenty of citations as well. If you ever want to check, you know, references and that sort of thing. Um, Brendan's done an incredible job and he's actually a, uh, English teacher down here in Victoria as well. Um, but yeah, he's done a fantastic job with this one. He's got a few other books that aren't related to reptiles as such, um, which I haven't had a look at just yet, but yeah, I really, Venom is probably my favorite out of a lot of them. Um, you yeah, really okay. 
can't go wrong with a, a good story like that. I will say though, one that actually did like was a tearjerker, which is a rarity for me. I don't cry a whole lot. And this one got me. We were on a plane to Brisbane or coming home from Brisbane. Um, and yeah, this one got me really good. Uh, the Last Crocodile Hunter, which is by uh, Bob Irwin with Amanda French, talking about uh, the, uh, the father-son legacy between Steve and Bob. Yep. Oh, I tell you what, that last chapter just killed me. Oh, I was a blubbering mess on the plane. People were looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with this kid? Why is he crying so much? Um, it's an absolute, it's a roller coaster of emotions. And there's plenty of different, you know, pictures and stories. It's fantastic. Um, I hope that one day soon I get to meet Bob Irwin. Uh, I really would. He's one of those idols of mine. Um, the man is so very underrated in reptiles, both globally and in Australia, um, and really has my full respect for what he was able to do to start Australia Zoo. In re- all reality, it was him who started it, and then Steve inherited it. Um, but those two and their the way that they were doing things with the crocodile captures at the very beginning, yeah, wow. Like, they deserve so much respect. Um, I know Steve can be a controversial topic in reptiles with some of the things that he did. Um, he was an idol of mine and one that got me into animals as well. Um, but from what I've seen of Bob, it's a whole nother level of like humility and just a fantastic bloke. Um, highly recommend giving the last crocodile hunter a read, um, particularly if you have an interest in the Irwins um, as well. Yeah. Wow. It's a very impactful story. I tell you, I, got off from reading that and was ready to get stuck into life after reading that one, to be honest. Um, yeah, that was a fantastic read too. Yeah. Uh, that's one I actually haven't read at all. I do remember the day still uh, quite fondly when I did hear about uh, Steve's passing. It's, it's always a bit of a, a bit of a mind fuck to think, think back on it, but yeah, mm, definitely yeah. Um, one that, should look into yeah well for me when it happened i actually don't remember because i was i'm a few years younger than dane is for those that don't know um so i was far too young for that but i grew up watching the documentaries basically like i can give you a list of most of the species that they found in each of their different volumes of their documentary series and that sort of thing Come on, Josh, don't play it down. You know you can list all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too, that too. Um, Not most of them, all of them. Yeah, I think most of the discs, discs, discs have got scratches in them actually nowadays too because of how much I used to watch them. I think they were on repeat every day um, multiple oh, wow. times. So that was, yeah, that book in particular, that one hit home really well. Um, and it was a really good, well-put-together book as well. Um I suppose while we're on the topic of like stories and uh, biographies and that, I've got another two down here that I want to talk about as well. Um, so I've got uh, John Can, The Last Snake Man, which I did speak about last time as well. For those who don't know John Can and the the Can family, uh, the La Perouse Snake Show in New South Wales is all thanks to these guys. Um, honestly, if you haven't read of uh, read about or heard of John Can do yourself a favor and pick up this one. 
some of those stories are just fantastic. The, the, the man went from being like almost, I think almost, if not an Olympian um, through to doing snake shows for a living and all sorts of things, just an incredible oh, wow. man, an incredible story um, talking about, you know, some of the early, early days of reptiles really. Um, and also uh, John can is a wealth of information when it comes to turtle classification um, he spent a lot of time in Papua New Guinea as well, classifying different turtle species and Australia too. Um, he actually assisted talking about the Irwins uh, with classification of the Irwin snapping turtle as well. Um, so that is a fantastic read too. Um, and the last one for like the stories is the uh, extraordinary life of the wildlife man about uh, David Island. Um, now I know this fellow can be a little bit controversial to some people, um, but this book itself is fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed reading it and, you know, reading the stories about his adventures on some of his uh, recordings uh, and documentaries that he used to film as well. And talking about some of his um, physical overcomings of severe asthma and that sort of thing as well. Quite an inspirational story, I think. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about it for the stories as such. Um, all of those are equally fantastic reads. Um, highly suggest those to any avid book reader, whether you're a reptile person or not. Um, each of them has something in there for everybody, really. Yeah, yeah, it definitely sounds like it, eh? I mean, I'd, I'd like to think we um, have quite a few biographies around, but I, there's never enough. Absolutely. Look, even like... Even like half the guys in the VHS, I would love to just sit there one day with some of them and just have a computer and just have it record whatever they're saying. Like get them to go from start to where they are now. Just just to have the stories that. they'd have too. Absolutely. Yeah. And just to have that on hand, you know, have that at least recorded in some way, shape, or form. Um, I've really noticed, you know, over the last couple of years, we have lost a lot of people in the reptile hobby, unfortunately. Um we really need to start working on getting some of these guys sat down and get their life stories written. I reckon um, the amount of stories that they would have and adventures that they would have gone on, uh, whether they repeat them or not for a recording is another thing, but um, at least getting the crux of some of these amazing people um, and their life stories would be fantastic. Yeah. I, I actually really do agree with that. You know, it's, they've seen the world at a point where, you know, like we're never, ever going to see it again. Like yep, you commonly exactly. always say they find 200 tiger snakes in the day. It's like, we're never going to be able to go to a place and do that again. It's That's just it. not happening anymore. And like, you know, like some of the guys used to be some, some of the VHS guys were keeping animals before you were allowed to keep animals and going through yeah, those sorts of processes. True. And, you know, the, um, even like uh, when I was talking to Luke and Jason again, you know, um, a lot of their guests talk about the catching something in the backyard and bring it home. That's not at all my experience. Um, at least that's not how I got into things. I'm of that next sort of generation, I suppose. But the amount of stories that those guys would have uh, that would be worth writing down would just be through the roof, I reckon. Um, and it would yeah, be a real I, shame I to that. lose some of that information and that storytelling as well. Yeah, definitely. Hey, 
so getting back to the um the books, what what is the most you have spent on a book? And do you reckon it was worth Ooh. the value you spent on it? Oh, oh, that's a good question. That one. Um, let me think. I think the most that I've spent is on my Cogger, uh, which is the I think it's the eighth edition. I want to say seventh edition of uh, Reptiles and Amphibians by Hal Cogger. Um, I can't remember for the life of me how much it was. Was it worth it? Absolutely. Um, this thing is massive, although it would not come out to the field with anybody because you would be dying carrying that up a mountain or, you know, through a riverbed because it is a heavy bugger. It is a phenomenal resource. Um, it covers, depending on which classification you read of different species, pretty much everything. Um, and it, as I said, it's a fantastic resource. It's a massive book. Reptiles and amphibians, not just reptiles, which is fantastic too, because I, for one, am not very well versed in my frogs. So I need to do more reading into those, um, which is why I've got things like that. And um, another one is the Frogs of Australia book that's part of uh, Scott and Ty's Ipers series as well, is another one in that same sort of you know frog world that I would suggest people have a look at if you're interested in frogs. Uh, but yeah, as far as price goes, I think that's probably the most pricey one. Um, and it was definitely, definitely worth the purchase. Absolutely. Yeah, sweet. So uh, for those who didn't listen to uh, your, the podcast you did on the Australian Herpetological Podcast, yep. uh, give us your top five books for the listeners. Yep. Uh, um, we haven't heard that yet. All righty. So let me just think what was on that list again. So. Uh, I know John Can, The Last Snake Man, was one. I talked about Venom as well. The Cogger was there. Um, what else? Let me see. Um, 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 I think Scott and Ty's uh, Snakes of Australia was another one that I had on there. Um, that's a fantastic little pocket edition sort of a book. They also do The Lizards of Australia, um, and I think they've got some revisions coming out soon, hopefully. Uh, they're highly recommended. Um, reads. I think I also had The Reptiles of Victoria uh, by Robertson and Coventry. That one's always fantastic being a Victorian. It's always good to know what's in your state. Um, and then for the sort of husbandry side of things, I had the Keeping and Breeding Australian Pythons, which was edited by Mike Swan, but included authors such as uh, Brian Barnett, Neil Sonman, oh, Sonman, sorry, um, and who else? Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Let's see. I'm just flicking through it now while I'm saying uh, Peter Krauss as well. Um, and a whole bunch of other people, Greg Fife. Uh, yeah, there's, it's essentially what it is, is it's a combination of different people's experiences with different species of pythons in Australia collated into one book, which is just a fantastic resource as well. Um, yeah, okay. I think that was the top five, although I do have, as I said before, a whole stack behind me here that we will talk about in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one more question before you get into the talk to uh, about that. Yep. Um, for someone who's new to books, yep. you know, let's say generally they want to get their first lizard snake, what all-rounder book would you recommend for them to go to first or is that too much mm. of a... Um, well, I would say there'd be two ways that you can take it. So for me, I got a lot of, uh, I, besides the smaller care guides, 
I focused a lot on getting field guides first, um, which is a great way to be familiar with different species, the ones that are more likely to be found and that sort of thing. Um, But if you're after the more husbandry side of things, the keeping and breeding series by Mike Swan is fantastic. So you've got the pythons and you've got the lizards. Um, You've also got the uh, Dr. Danny Brown series, um, which had authors like Scott Iper, Adam Elliott, um, and a whole bunch of other guys do different, like, you know, there was a skink book, there was a snakes, or there was, sorry, there was a pythons book. There's a turtle book that Dane has. Um, there's an Alapids book, uh, you know, all of the, the whole series, I suppose, all about husbandry. Uh, although they are out of print, so they are a bit of a challenge to get nowadays. Good luck to you if you can get that Alapids book. I hear that one's very rare nowadays. Um but yeah, so it just depends on what you're after. If you're after like a general overview of species and what they're like in the wild, definitely go to your field guides first. Whether you go straight for a big one like a cogger or a uh, swan and uh, what was the other one? Let me have a look. Don't mind me just going through my pile. Uh, 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 Wilson and swan uh, or a cogger or it's just a, a more handy size like one of the uh, Scott, like one of Scott and Ty Ipers ones. It just depends on what you're after in a book really. Um, but yeah, those are probably my main recommendations to start off with. And then you can sort of expand from there based on what you don't know or what you need to find out. Yeah. Awesome. I reckon that's, um, some, that's some good advice, solid advice for those looking for into books. Cause I know there is a lot out there and there's also a lot of really good ones. And there's a lot of really crap ones. So it's mm. hard sifting through, you know, what, uh, the good and the bad is. It's absolutely, just really going absolutely. off names at the end of the day. Um, always have a look at like reviews or talk to other people that do collect books as well and see if they recommend authors or particular books. Um, that way you can get, you know, you know, you're getting at least credible information or uh, a decent read depending on the, the book. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's generally how you go about things at least. And um, then you can go down the rabbit hole of trying to get things signed and that, which is a whole other uh situation in itself (laughs) oh yeah i don't think i'm even going to touch that into this oh yeah there's a there's a few here that have been signed although i'm not one to put them on a you know in a in a uh, plastic case and leave them locked or anything like that i like to use my book so even if they've got signatures in them i always pull them out and see what's going on so there's a few here one that i'm actually really really proud of um, was getting to meet Mark O'Shea when he came down to the uh, to the VHS for a, a talk and he uh, signed my copy of The Book of Snakes, a life-size oh. guide to 600 species from around the world. Um, Mark was a fantastic person to meet as well. Like I was really impressed. Um, absolutely awesome bloke. Um, and just a wealth of knowledge. Um, he spends most of his time between his uh, residence in the UK and Papua New Guinea doing research on uh, Papuan species of snakes in particular, um, including the recently described spotted python species um, and your Papuan coastal or Papuan taipans, I suppose they are, and a few other species as well. Uh, but yeah, that's probably my favourite of the signatures. Um, I've gotten a few from different people as well. Uh, but yeah, that's probably the, the main highlight one because that's not someone that you get to meet every day, you know? Yeah, that's true. Hey, 
Um, oh, there's, it's, there's so much regarding books. It's just like, oh, where, where do you start first? Hey, well, hey, here we go. Here, how about the uh, we start with birds because I that's been a recent fad of mine. Uh, I've started ah, getting yes. into the, the bird book <laughs> collection. Um, my two favorites so far is a guide to lorries and lorikeets. Uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce the guy's last name. Uh, actually, let's give it a go. Peter Odekerken. Let's go with that. Um, sorry if I butchered your name. I probably did. But that book there is fantastic. Although it's probably slightly outdated. I think it was done in the 90s, I want to say. Um, yeah, 1995 and 2002 it was published. Um, so it's a little bit on the older side, but the information in there is fantastic if you're getting into lorries and lorikeets um, and the different species and how they're kept and that sort of thing. The other one that I really like is a guide to black cockatoos as a pet and aviary birds by Neville and Enid Connors. Um, this one is part of the same series as the guide to lorries and lorikeets. Both are fantastic resources. Again, they're a little bit on the older side, but most of the information is still relevant today. Um, you, I suppose you can sort of tell what my interest in birds is by those two books there in particular. Um, that's where I spend most of my reading time when it comes to your avian species is in your black cockies and your lorries and lorikeets. So that's something a little bit different to the rest of them that are mostly reptile books. But uh, yeah, there's a, there's a start for you in birds. Uh, the Australian Bird Keeper, I believe it is, um, website is fantastic for uh, your bird books um, and they do a magazine uh, as well. I think it's every month from memory or every two months, something like that, uh, which I need to get my uh, stuff together and subscribe to eventually and add that to the list of things that I'll be collecting. So before we um, wrap up, is there any like met special mentions in regards to books that you want to do? Oh, where do, we, where do we start? Let's see. So I've spoken about that one. I've spoken about that one. I've spoken about that one. This one <laughs> I do like. Uh, Australia's Dangerous Snakes, Identification, Biology and Envenoming uh, by Peter Murchison, Arne R. Ramsmussen and Scott A. Uh, Weinstein. Weinstein. Um, this one, although, again, it's a little bit of a controversial read uh, for some regarding the venom and the potency and that sort of thing, I find it a really good read, and it's an interesting breakdown of the species as well. Um, it's slightly different to what you'll find most authors will go with today um, as far as, like, in particular, like the breakdown of tiger snakes um, into different subspecies and that, which is a, a bit of a controversial topic in classification as well. Um, but all over, I found that a really good read and quite an interesting one to go through. Um, and then I've got, I suppose I've got two more that I haven't spoken about yet that are like the miscellaneous category. One that I've just recently acquired from a mentor of mine and a really good friend is Chris Humphrey's awesome animal, uh, Australian animals. Um, if you've got kids, they'll absolutely love this one. Um, you've got plenty, you've got QR codes that you can scan to see videos of Chris talking about the animals in the stories. And it's nice and colourful. There's lots going on on the pages. Um, yeah, fantastic read. Um, it's pro it is targeted at kids, but even I find there are things in here that I don't know. Um, so that's always a good thing too. And Chris, as always, is a wealth of knowledge. Uh, and then I've got, for something a little bit different, is the National Geographic, uh, The Photo Arc by Joel Satore. Um, this one here, 
Joel uh, has worked with Zoos Victoria quite a bit. Um, and they had some of his photos displayed a couple of years back. Um, this book here is just fantastic. If you really like your photography of different species and um, these are all uh, like uh, posed animals, I suppose you could say. Um, and from mostly from zoo collections on a black background or on a white background, depending on the species. Um, but the photography style and, you know, how it's put together is just fantastic. Um, absolutely love it. I am a sucker for a good photography book. I know I've collected a few of those over my years as well. Um, but I think that's most of the books that I've got here behind me today. Um, I could go on and on and on and on and on and on about books if I, if you gave me the chance. Um, they are one of those things that, aside from reptiles, I do collect quite a bit. Um, and, yeah, it certainly keeps me going and keeps me uh, busy. There's always something on the wish list. That's it. There's always books coming out too, so it doesn't help at all. <laughs> That's it. And between the books coming out and the ones that are about to go out of print or anything like that, you've got to be on your toes about it all, absolutely. And you've got to be looking out for those sales and everything too. So it keeps you busy, yeah, that's for right. sure. Now, I'm yeah. going to spin this around a little bit. How about you, yep. Dane? What are, what are, you, what are your, what are your favourite reads as far as your, your book collection goes? I know you've got uh, a, 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 a slightly smaller collection than I do, but uh, give us the yeah, rundown. Slightly. Um, I probably have less than 10 books, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't put too much effort into collecting them. I've been given a few. Um, I was given a guide to Australian turtles in captivity by Adam Elliott and a guide to Australian pythons in captivity, who, which is also by Adam Elliott. I've had them for years. Um, I constantly go back to either of those. I just like looking through them generally. Yep. Um, otherwise, I have a few miscellaneous ones. I do have the Keeping and Breeding Australian Pythons by Mike Swan. I have a field guide and then, I've, you know, just a couple uh, – venomous and reptiles in color different few magazine magazines from the early 2000s i haven't got a whole lot um but what i do have you know i i do look at i plan on getting a couple more as to when i don't know i'd like <laughs> a couple more <laughs> my suggestion is uh either go hard or don't get into it too much <laughs> because it quickly <laughs> becomes one of those rabbit holes uh similar to like photography bits and pieces like cameras and that sort of thing. Um, it's one yeah. of those things that once you start, you don't stop. <laughs> I Although, personally not really want to read biographies or anything. I just, it, mm, they just yep. don't capture me that much. Uh, I like a flick through and yep. a quick, you know, reference. So that's where the field guides and, you know, uh, husbandry books do come in handy. With my field guide book that I do have at the minute, I'm currently going through, each species and current and highlighting ones that I've found uh, in the wild. Yep. So, and I've put a note on each page that I've uh, on the species that I found as to where I found it, what sex it was, if I know, uh, you know, age roughly, you know, or well, sorry, size yep. more likely. Yep. Uh, where I found it, that that more information. Yeah, that's so and that's like always fantastic data date, to, to keep hold of. Absolutely. If I were to go one step further, you know, what Josh would probably do is temp gun where I found it, uh, <laughs> take a UV uh, <laughs> reading. If you're going to go that extent. 
Oh, that's only for the special yeah, ones no, that we do um... that sort of thing, though. No? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll see how that changes. But yeah, yeah that no, sounds like uh... a, a solid collection there, Dane. Definitely it keeps you going. I do find the field guides are always a good one to have, particularly if you can have one that's either on hand or you can leave in your car, something like that. So whenever you do go herping and there's something that stumps you, at least you've got that reference where you can go, oh, yeah, it looks kind of like that. So maybe it's that. And then you just flick to the next page and you go, oh, it's definitely not that. So it must be that one before. You know, that's the one. Yeah, exactly. It's always yeah, good so to have that reference. Um, yeah, so that's me, Josh. Uh, if there's anything you want to talk about, say it now. <laughs> yeah, all right, absolutely. Um, well, I hope that was a fun little uh, exercise for everybody. Um, you know what? For you people that are still listening, um, go into the comments, go into the messages, whatever it may be. Give us your top five or top ten, whatever does your fancy. Uh, you know what? Let's break it into categories. Let's go with your favourite field guide, your favourite husbandry book, uh, miscellaneous section and a favorite biography or story let's go with that for those who are listening and paying attention feel free to go and let us know um look forward to hearing other people's responses um i'm sure we will do a follow-up episode of this at some point over the next year or two and half of my answers will be completely different because i'll have a whole new stack of books behind me (laughs) um whether it'll be about the same topic who knows um it's just kind of the way it goes i'm starting to branch off into like politics books as well and that's a whole other topic and like indigenous uh australian history as well uh yeah so there's plenty of rabbit holes to go down there with books absolutely there is um so as we said at the start hopefully everybody had a great christmas uh and is having a good new year's as well hopefully uh if we put our future you know back to the future seeing eyes on Hopefully everything is good and everybody's chilling out and having fun. Um, That's what we want out of 2022. Um, We will see you on the next one. I believe the next episode is a pre-recorded one of me a few years ago with uh, one of the other guests that I used to have on. Uh, There is another probably three or four of those um, that will come through over the next, you know, month or two uh, or maybe month or three potentially. Um, And then, yeah, you'll have just us then. Uh, We're hoping to do in the next year, uh, judging by the fact that this will be in the next year when this comes out, uh, we're hoping to do interviews as well uh, with different people. We just have to sort out um, how we're going to go about that side of things. Um, So we'll hopefully be able to do that into next year as well. Um, And... Uh, have plenty of other stories to tell about us being out and about and that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, otherwise I think that'll just about do us for today's episode. Uh, Dane, where can the lovely people follow your animal adventures? So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Blue Horizon Reptiles. Fantastic. And if you want to see what I get up to and uh, all the hopeful, again, looking into the future, hopeful uh, baby Louise and carpet pythons and everything else. Um, you can see that on Josh's Aussie reptiles. Uh, there's a YouTube channel, whether I've uploaded to it or not, who knows? I don't even know if that's the thing. We'll see what happens there. Uh, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's a website as well. And probably a few other things too, that I may or may not have signed up to over the last couple of, uh, yeah, probably the last year or two. 
So anything with Josh's Aussie reptiles on it, chances are it's me. Uh, photo is of a Murray Darling carpet python, so I'm sure you can spot it. Um, anyway, we hope you all enjoyed and are having a good one. Um, we'll see you on the next one. Adios.